As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, I welcome you very warmly to this service, which is brought to you while our doors are closed due to the coronavirus outbreak. It has been collated from our archive of live choral music, together with readings read by members of our choir from their homes, and prayers and a sermon which I've been able to record from within the church as I can access it directly from inside my home. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, and so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Today is Palm Sunday. Hosanna to the Son of David, the King of Israel. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The Lord be with you. Dear friends in Christ, During Lent, we have been preparing by works of love and self-sacrifice for the celebration of our Lord's death and resurrection. Today, we come together to begin this solemn celebration in union with the Church throughout the world. Christ enters his own city to complete his work as our Saviour, to suffer, to die, and to rise again, Let us go with him in faith and love, so that, united with him in his sufferings, we may share his risen life. You may wish to hold up a palm cross or a piece of foliage, if you have it, as we bless these offerings. God, our Saviour, whose Son, Jesus Christ, entered Jerusalem as Messiah, to suffer and to die. Let these palms be for us signs of his victory and grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as our king and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. We sing our processional hymn.
Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us then show our love for him by confessing our sins in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who in your tender love towards the human race sent your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. 
grant that we may follow the example of his patience and humility and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 50, beginning at the fourth verse. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher, that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning he wakens, wakens my ear, to listen as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me. Therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me. Who will declare me guilty? All of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from St Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, beginning at the fifth verse. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, 
who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him, and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew, the 21st chapter, beginning at the first verse. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, 
Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. In my sermon a couple of Sundays ago, I was observing how people's responses to the present pandemic have revealed both the very worst and the very best in human nature. We have witnessed disturbing scenes of panic buying in our shops and the callous ignoring by some of the injunction to stay at home. And yet, at the same time, how heartening it's been to see hundreds of thousands of people volunteering their services to support the vulnerable alongside the innumerable daily acts of kindness, compassion and care that remain largely hidden from view. Now, it is very easy to assume that I'm describing here two completely separate groups of people. Over there in the red corner are all the mean and heartless so-and-sos who think only of themselves, whereas opposite them in the blue corner are the heroic, selfless individuals who represent the true spirit of our nation in all its splendid diversity. But I suspect that the reality is in fact a great deal more complicated than that. There was a very interesting programme on the radio the other evening that analysed the pattern of purchasing behind the recent national shopping spree that left our supermarket shelves empty. Contrary to what one might expect, those empty shelves do not seem to have resulted primarily from large numbers of shock shoppers stockpiling multiple trolley loads of items. 
Apparently, that phenomenon accounts for only a very small percentage of the purchasing. Rather, it would seem that the most significant factor was ordinary people like you and me thinking, I should probably get a bit of dried pasta in just in case. Because when 27 million households across the UK suddenly start thinking like that, the shelves are rapidly emptied of their pasta and the wretched individuals behind all that irresponsible supermarket shopping are, yes, you've guessed it, you and me. Crowd behaviour is a fascinating topic of study, but perhaps the most fascinating feature of all is the fact that we find it so very difficult to recognise our own faces within the crowd. Hold that thought for a moment. A huge crowd turned out to give him a hero's welcome. At the time, his story was headline news. But I wonder how many of you today still remember the name Alan Baxter. In the Winter Olympics of 2002 in Salt Lake City, Baxter, a Scottish skier, defied all expectations in winning Olympic bronze in the slalom event, a truly astounding achievement for one of our native skiers. On his arrival back in Scotland, people turned out in their droves to welcome him. Seeing the television footage of his triumphant return, I couldn't help wondering how many members of that ecstatic crowd would normally have had the remotest interest in or knowledge of competitive skiing. It's hardly a spectator sport of mass popularity. But such is the attraction of success. I suspect that most of us get a bit of a buzz when we can share in the success of someone with whom we can identify in some way. Perhaps because they represent our native country or come from our hometown or because they attended our local school. Their success can somehow feel a bit like our success without us having had to put any of the effort that achieved the result. The problem is that that kind of adulation has neither roots nor depth. It is fickle and ephemeral and, like candy floss, can dissolve into nothing within an instant. Because the magnet of attraction is the success itself rather than the person who achieved it. Which means, of course, that when success is superseded by failure or some kind of disgrace or disappointment, such enthusiasm has a habit of melting away just as rapidly as it materialised. Only a short time after his triumphal return to Scotland, Alan Baxter was unceremoniously stripped of his Olympic medal after failing a drugs test. And the speed with which he was transformed from hero to villain was astounding. Nobody wants to be associated with failure, 
and adulation of that kind can all too easily turn to active hostility because if people end up feeling cheated or duped or let down in some way, they can suddenly start taking it very personally indeed. One of the most striking motifs running throughout Holy Week is the behavior of the people around Jesus. Because as Jesus' own fortunes change as the week progresses, so does their conduct towards him. We see this in the behavior of the disciples, as we shall observe later this week. But most strikingly and dramatically, we see that transformation in the conduct of the crowd. They turned out in their thousands to greet Jesus. St. Matthew tells us that the whole city was in turmoil at the news of his entry into Jerusalem. Doubtless, some were there having heard news of the miracles he performed. Others had heard of his remarkable teaching. Some were simply curious. And there were those who were looking for the long-awaited Messiah, the one who would overturn the fortunes of their oppressed and downtrodden nation. And look, here he is, and he is one of us, the man from Nazareth, riding on a donkey, as the prophet Zechariah foretold, Hosanna to the son of David. But of course, with hopes as high as that, the scope for disillusionment was equally great. And at the human level, the behavior of the crowd, who today greet him with adulation, but on Good Friday will be baying for his blood, is all too convincing. In the words of a hymn that we shall be singing during this service, sometimes they strew his way, and his sweet praises sing, resounding all the day, hosannas to their king. Then, crucify is all their breath, and for his death they thirst and cry. And what of our own journey into Holy Week? What kind of a week will it be for us? How far are we ready to accompany Jesus on the road that lies ahead of him? Are we ready to spend that time of quiet intimacy with him on Maundy Thursday, when he spends a final meal with his friends, washes their feet, and gives himself to them in bread and wine? Are we ready to keep watch with him as he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane before his arrest? Are we prepared to face the bleakness, the desolation and the despair of Good Friday? Are we ready to recognize that the darkness in the hearts of those who demand his death is the same darkness that resides deep in the heart of each one of us? Because if we are prepared to do so, we shall embark upon one of the most powerful and life-changing journeys that any of us will ever undertake. A journey that takes us not only into the heart of darkness, 
but beyond it. But in order to begin that journey, we need to be able to recognise our own faces within the crowd. I shall leave you with a poem written by an Anglican priest and poet who is best known for his ministry in the trenches of the First World War, Geoffrey Studdett Kennedy, or Woodbine Willie, as he was nicknamed. You might like to pause and reflect upon the behaviour of the crowd in this poem. Can you see your face? The poem is called Indifference. When Jesus came to Golgotha, they hanged him on a tree. They drave great nails through hands and feet and made a calvary. They crowned him with a crown of thorns. Red were his wounds and deep, for those were crude and cruel days and human flesh was cheap. When Jesus came to Birmingham, they simply passed him by. They never hurt a hair of him. They only let him die. For men had grown more tender, and they would not give him pain. They only just passed down the street and left him in the rain. Still Jesus cried, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And still it rained the wintry rain that drenched him through and through. The crowds went home and left the streets without a soul to see. And Jesus crouched against a wall and cried for Calvary. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. 
We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, whose love is boundless, help us to know your presence with us throughout this difficult time. We pray for the steadfastness to serve you faithfully, even when we feel we have little to give, or when the turbulence of life threatens to overwhelm us. Help us to trust your steadfast love, and may your peace reside within us as we offer to you the needs of our world and the prayers of our hearts. We pray for our brothers and sisters throughout the world whose lives have been devastated by the present pandemic. We pray for all who are sick, especially those who feel alone or forgotten. We pray for those who are unable. We pray for those who are unable to comfort and console their suffering loved ones. We pray for all who are bereaved, especially for those unable to attend the funeral services of those closest to their hearts. And we pray for all who strive to minister to their needs. We pray especially for those known to us who are in particular need at this time. We name them before you in the silence of our hearts and we ask your blessing upon them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the leaders of the nations and for all in positions of power and authority that they may govern wisely and well. We pray for all members of the medical profession, especially those whose health and safety is at risk. We pray for all doctors, nurses, and those in the caring professions who are exhausted or in despair. Those who wish to do so much for those in their care, but feel able to do so little. We pray for medics forced to make impossible decisions about the deployment of scant resources. And we pray that you will grant them all the strength and the courage to carry on. We pray for all journalists and for those working in the media, those charged with the dissemination of news and information. We pray that they may always act for the common good, strive to give a voice to the voiceless, and to tell stories that would otherwise remain untold. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are housebound, those who feel isolated, those who live in homes where there is family tension or threat of violence. 
We pray for all who are afraid of what the future might hold. Have compassion, O Lord, on all who are suffering this day. May your light shine in their darkness. Rekindle in them the light of hope and grant them the courage to meet the days ahead bravely and steadfastly. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for ourselves and for one another as we offer our lives anew to Almighty God. God, our Father, all holy, all loving, who gave your only Son for the salvation of us all. On this Palm Sunday, as we prepare for our journey through Holy Week, look mercifully upon us. May we have faith to behold your Son in the mystery of his passion and to enter into his sufferings. May his wounds be our healing, his death our life, that we may partake of his joyful resurrection and be transformed by the power of his healing love. We ask your blessing upon the church throughout the world, upon our life as a community of faith, and upon the whole family of Christ. Heavenly Father, we ask for your protection and guidance. May your love surround us. May your wisdom inspire us. May your will direct us. May your strength sustain us. And may your holy angels guard, protect, and defend us in all that we do. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us access to his grace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Cursed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because for our salvation, he was obedient even to death on the cross, the tree of shame was made the tree of glory, and where life was lost, there life has been restored. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. 
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, who humbled yourself in taking the form of a servant and in obedience died on the cross for our salvation, give us the mind to follow you and to proclaim you as Lord and King to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
Christ, give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.